Welcome back to Innovation Big and Small. Hi there, Jim. Hi, Squirrel. How are you today? I'm doing okay, although my voice is a little tired because I've been <laughs> doing some due diligence, which is the stuff okay. we've been talking about for the last few episodes is uh, how do you do tech due diligence? How does it look in a startup? How does it look in the corporate world? And um, then uh, that was leading me to think that I'd also met this very interesting person uh, who does corporate venture capital. So um, instead of being a venture capitalist like the, the people who hired me today to do due diligence on a, a startup, uh, he's investing on behalf of a big company. And I said to myself, I really don't know what that world's like. It was fun to talk to him. I got a lot of a sense of what his world's like um, uh, day to day, but I, I really don't know in general what um, corporate venture capital looks like. And, and Jim, do you, yeah, I think you have a little experience with this. Neither of us are experts, but uh, what, what have you found on, uh, on that, the corporate side? How's it, how's it, how's it look um, to a, a corporate venture capitalist? So I've seen it, corporate venturing come and go, and it seems to be very cyclical. And, uh, you know, you know, I edit a journal, Research Technology Management as well, and they've covered some of it. And sort of the history is that there are heydays of corporate venturing and then they, uh, the funds uh, tend to, you know, move out of, uh, out of popularity, people shut them down and so forth. They, uh, so I don't know why that is. I don't know why it has such cyclicality, but uh, generally, when when they've been started in companies I've worked with, they generally have started strategically. We want to do corporate venturing because we want to learn what's happening out in the world. We want to see the deal flow. We want to see uh, see companies that are doing interesting stuff in the space we want to be in, and we'll invest in the ones that we think are uh, are promising, but also the ones we can learn a lot from. But then they also they tend to be evaluated, not on the strategic part as well, but on their financial returns. And they often will report either directly or on a dotted line to the CFO. So there's a, a tendency to, um, you know, to evaluate them on financial tools like a typical VC when their original mission is often strategic. So that tension is tough for people. I can certainly see that, and and very very different, at least in conception, from how a, a venture capitalist, a VC VC thinks, because yes. their thinking is all about how can I make the most money for the limited partners? How can I make sure that um, uh, we can get uh, ten startups, uh, eight of whom are total disasters, one of whom is kind of okay, and one of whom is Uber, and um, if if they can get that, they're happy. And um, that's a very different line of thinking. And and I'm not sure does the um, uh, does the CFO have the same attitude to risk because the the VCs are quite happy to um, drive those eight out of business, really push them very hard to find out whether any of them are the Uber, because they're trying to get that 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 one to win. Do the the corporates think the same way? I uh, I don't know. I, I think what what tends to happen in the corporate side is you will if you make a sizable investment, be part of the board. And sure. you're looking for opportunities for there to be synergy often between what you can bring and what the startup can bring. So can you add value and increase the likelihood that the company will be uh, more successful or grow faster? Yeah, whereas VCs are all about money, usually. Now, there are a few yeah. exceptions where they think they're bringing something and, and very few exceptions where they really are. 
Um, but there's the uh, 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 the typical situation is actually the VC isn't bringing anything except a bunch of cash, which is a useful thing. We need the cash to run, no question. But um, they're not usually saying, oh, and we'll bring you this strategic partnership. Um, they'll, they'll make a lot of noise about how their portfolio companies complement each other. They're usually baloney um, and they're just trying to push them all uh, together uh, to, to try to get synergy, which doesn't exist. Whereas a, a big company I would think would would actually be able to accelerate we've talked a lot about partnerships and, and how those yeah. work and you, know, you can bring your 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 um, retail locations you can bring your channels you can bring your manufacturing processes and other things to bear where you really could make a significant difference beyond the cash that you put in yes yes and that's a that's a goal uh, unfortunately I think it's not always easy to see how to make that match between the engine in the company and the assets the company has. And the startup, but it's you know certainly access to customers, uh, you know some sort of brand that wears off and and helps the company if if they're partnering with a large successful company or well-known brand. Um, the the traps that I've seen are, you know, the people doing the VC aren't sufficiently connected with the the strategy and the growth of the company to make that compelling. Uh, another is this push toward uh, a financial return as the measure as opposed to the uh, the strategic return as the as the measure um, so I guess those are the two big pitfalls that I've I've seen got it makes sense I know just one other thing is is that uh, and I don't know how true this is in the venture world but oftentimes inside corporations whoever's on the board that's making the decision about who to invest they're from the company you know, they're learning too. Um, but they've got to really spend some time in whatever the new space is. Uh, you know, if you're in the tire business and you're, you want to invest in something in autonomy, you have to spend time learning what is driving that business, who are the competitors, what are the uh, dynamics and so forth. That takes time. If you just go from your day job and then sit in and get a brief, it's a little bit hard to make wise uh, decisions. Whereas my sense is that VCs will focus in a segment of the market and really become expert in electric vehicles or green finance or something like that. You would think so. You would be wrong, I think, if you thought that. <laughs> now, that doesn't mean that they never do it or that they don't try to do it. And certainly it doesn't mean they don't claim but um, uh, an awful lot of the time, and th I'm speaking here about European VCs, by the way, Silicon Valley VCs, I think, behave somewhat differently. And I'd love to hear from uh, some listeners who might even have you on as a guest. If, if you have that experience or you are a Silicon Valley VC, we'd be very interested in, in hearing from you because I don't know them as well. And they, they tend to invest um, more riskily and, um, and also with more knowledge. So I, I give them credit. European VCs are um, more risk averse and um, tend to be um, less expert in the areas in which they're investing. They tend to be all about the money. They're quite good at understanding the finances, and they may get quite good at understanding the uh, financial underpinnings. And they might specialize in robotics, as you say, and so they'll become really expert in supply chains. And um, you know, are these folks getting it for their their materials from the best location, and are they shipped okay? And are they um, is there interference from um, uh, pandemics that cause the supply chains to be broken and all that kind of stuff? Um, so they they get to know the finance end pretty well. But the tech, which is what I see, of course, and they bring me in to look at it, 
usually they just don't have a lot of knowledge about it. And they, they're they honest about that. They say, look, we need your help, Squirrel, to help us figure that out. That's why I was doing the due diligence today on a, a startup that's heavily in um, artificial intelligence and machine learning. And um, the VC handed me some questions, which were very sensible from their point of view. They were looking at what the cost might be as the this company adds more clients. But once you got to the company for just a few minutes, you could figure out that actually those weren't the cost drivers. There were other cost drivers. This company didn't add more storage as it added more uh, users. It added more complexity and more um, uh, more of other factors that were the important ones, but they had asked about storage. Perfectly sensible. I, I don't understand the finance end very well. So I can, I'm sure I would ask similarly uh, naive questions about that. But um, the, the challenge is, um, uh, for, for these VCs, and of course it's a business opportunity for me, is they are investing in these areas, they do become specialized and they get to know the finance, they actually don't know the, the tech very well at all. Um, and I, I think they also don't know the um, uh, some of the other challenges, some of the business or sales challenges, uh, channel challenges and so on. They get to know them a bit by seeing a bunch of different companies and they, they do good analyses and, and try to understand them, but they're, they tend not to be very deep. They tend not to be, um, uh, what they don't have, for example, is on staff, somebody who knows that area deeply, which is a place where I think a corporate venture capitalist could have an advantage because um, right. at least a tire company is going to know an awful lot about tires and the supply chain for tires and how to get them uh, uh, you know, the best tires for your robot. Um, so they, yeah. and they might have, um, as you say, some, some synergies that would really help the startup. So no, um, VCs do not know as much as, as you would think they might. You would, you would hope they would become specialists. Some do. There are a few, but not many. I was thinking in terms of understanding how this, the world and the market are evolving. No, that they definitely do. And they'll have a very deep thesis on that one. And, and um, with, whether those theses are right is another question yeah. because they're really just gamblers and they're really just yeah. betting on, you know, we hope that um, self-driving cars will become the, the norm by 2022. And if it's 2024, we've missed our timing. You know, we're investing in the wrong startups because they're not there yet. Um, and, and I, they, they'll claim that they know what that is. Um, I, I think they're mostly being lucky and, and they, they do spread their bets. So they're, they're trying to get as many as they can. So, uh, but you're absolutely right. They, they will get to know the market quite deeply and the, um, uh, they'll have an investment thesis, which, um, which they push uh, in many cases. Some, some don't, some just are really honest about we're gamblers. You know, we just, we just try a lot of things. If we see a really good company, we bet on it. And um, you know, we, uh, we bet on as many as we can because that spreads our, spreads our risk. Will they start to become involved more in as board members in uh, management and the, uh, you know, pushing the direction of the company. Oh yeah, uh, I wish I they would. I oh, wish they, they, they would. don't. Yeah. yeah, they're they're unfortunately uh, too often, and there are ex exceptions, but too often they're passive, and they're um, they're uh, uh, just accepting what the the management tell them, and they. Um, uh, question and push for certain kinds of actions, um, uh, chiefly um, executive hires and things of that kind, which are helpful and that's good and they'll, they'll know how to get the right people in place. And, and there are exceptions where there are specialist knowledge. So they'll bring somebody, um, they'll, they'll, um, uh, somebody who specializes in e-commerce will bring in um, somebody to the board with deep knowledge of um, uh, uh, tuning an e-commerce operation and, and really getting the right, um, yeah. uh, the right margins and all that kind of stuff, which really matters in that world. So uh, yes, sometimes, but not, not nearly as much as I wish, because they often bring me in then later, and they say, yeah, Squirrel, there's a mess here. It's just really <laughs> something went wrong here. We're, we're not sure. It couldn't possibly have been us. And often I figure, you could have known this six months ago. You could have done something yeah. about this. And I get frustrated with them.
I wonder, uh, you know, since I think a corporate venture fund would tend to make a fewer bets uh, and try to do it, you know, to a large extent for that strategic link. So uh, they may be less willing to take a big risk, maybe less confident in their ability to take a big risk and willing to invest more in the in the relationship. Of course, with that investment of time, sometimes can come the baggage of, you know, working with a more bureaucratic company. But uh, so, so, I mean, I think there are a lot of similarities, but I think some real differences for, uh, you know, if a startup is looking for, uh, for funding, a real differences in the, the places that they're getting it. And I think that they're often looking to corporate venture funds, not so much for the money, although they would like that, but for what else the company can bring them. And so that's the that's the edge that the corporate has in attracting a startup, uh, whereas the edge the VC has is their, you know, you know their track record in making successful companies, growth companies happen. And and pockets, <laughs> lots of money is usually the lots big of thing. Money, yeah. That's usually what helps the most. Okay. Yeah, well, that's good. a little insight into how venture uh, corporate venture capital works, which is interesting. I did not know uh, as much about it as I know now. So I hope that's been helpful to some of our listeners as well. Thank you, Jim, for a little tour of what that world is like. And I hope that's also a little helpful on uh, at least what European VCs think about and what's important to them. So uh, love to hear from listeners, especially if you are in VC in any capacity. We'd sure like to hear from you interested in your points of view. Have we understood correctly? What are we missing? Uh, those those uh, points would be interesting from anybody in the space. You can get in touch with us by looking in the show notes at the bottom, by um, finding us on LinkedIn, on Twitter, uh, lots of places. Um, and uh, we'd sure like to hear from you. Uh, also like it when you uh, come back and see us every week. You can do that by hitting the subscribe button. We're out every Monday. Uh, finally got ourselves on a pretty good schedule now. So this is episode 36 or something. So we're coming up to... Uh, um, uh, getting close to a year now and uh, no, no sign of running out of topics. So we'll have lots interesting to talk about next time. Excellent. Thanks, Jim. Thank you, Squirrel.